You're tuned in to More Living with Jim Brogan, broadcast live from the Brogan Financial Studios at News Talk 98.7, where old-fashioned values, expert knowledge, and genuine understanding come together to give you the retirement straight talk you deserve. Jim's a former National Advisor of the Year recipient and a financial educator, and he's here today to talk about how you can live out the best years of your life. Jim and the Brogan Financial Team have been helping retirees and pre-retirees across the Southeast for over 20 years in their pursuit of financial independence. You can reach them during the week at 865-862-6800. So sit back, relax, and get ready to learn, because more living with Jim Brogan starts now. Happy Saturday, East Tennessee, and welcome to More Living with Jim Brogan, where it's all about living the best years of your life your way. You're listening to News Talk 98.7 WOKI, and, you know, Knoxville is growing at a rapid, rapid pace. Factors like the wide variety of industries, coupled with a relatively low cost of living, great incentives for businesses, a low tax environment for people that live in Tennessee. Uh, East Tennessee really offers an appealing location for companies to headquarter and do business. And the economic growth in our area has been at a steady pace for decades and seems to be picking up even more steam despite the uncertainties from the past couple of years because of the pandemic. Uh, This morning, we have Doug Lawyer. He's Vice President of Economic Development for the Knoxville Chamber of Commerce. Doug has been with the Chamber of Commerce for 20 years. He has served on a variety of boards in our region. He's been a former uh, guest of ours in the past as we've talked about economic development. And that's really his key focus with the Chamber is, is economic development. Welcome back to the short show, Doug. Good morning. Thanks so much for having me. It's great to have you. Hey, Doug, talk about your evolution. Talk about, you know, what made you join the chamber? What was your initial role and how's that evolved over the years? You know, it's an interesting story. I don't think anybody ever really wakes up and says, I want to be an economic developer. I think most economic (laughs) development professionals just kind of kind of trip and, and fall into the into this business. Um, you know, for me it started when I was in graduate school at the University of Tennessee and I was I was pursuing a master's degree in, in urban planning and I took an elective class called economic development. And that kind of lit a spark which which led to a, an internship, which led to a job, which which led to another job um, at the Knoxville Chamber. So I started uh, initially doing it, outreach to existing businesses and, and working closely with existing industries and um, have been a, a, a vice president now of economic development for, for several years at the chamber. So I'm really excited about where we are and, and, and really excited about the team that we have in place to, to help us um, do our jobs every day at, at the chamber. Well, it was recently reported, Doug, by the chamber that Knoxville has more jobs available and not enough people to fill them. Talk a little bit about the, the, the challenge there. What's driving the job growth, and what are some of the obstacles in in getting the, the people here that need to fill those jobs? Yeah, you're spot on. I mean, I think there's there's been a, a perception that it's, you know, during the pandemic, people just stopped working. We actually have more people employed in Knox County than we did, more people employed today than we did before the pandemic started. And 
uh, yeah, the, the 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 stability of our of our economy in this region, we're blessed with that. You know, we're we're not a one company town at all. We've got a diverse mix of of industries, large and small. A lot of great corporate headquarters. A lot of very stable uh, organizations with with the University of Tennessee, with Oak Ridge National Lab, with TVA, all here provide a lot of stability to our economy. Um, but yeah, so there are there are a lot more job openings than we have people. Um, and, and one of the challenges, a um, couple challenges really on the people standpoint, one is we need to do a, a, a better job of retaining the graduates that we are, uh, that are, that are coming out of our colleges and universities. Um, and then the other challenge is, is really um, housing. Where, where are we going to put folks? Um, and so we're, I think we're kind of behind on the building of, of new homes and, and all types of housing from multifamily to duplexes and triplexes and um, to, um, you know, to standard single family homes like, like we're accustomed to. Yeah, I guess uh, June, you know, there was a report came out that the 10,000 more people in the workforce here in East Tennessee than we had the uh, prior to the pandemic. Uh, also, that March of 2021 to March of this year, job postings in the Knoxville area increased by thir- over 30 percent. That's really yeah. remarkable. It's it's amazing, and and we've been we've been really fortunate in Knoxville and Knox County and throughout the region. I mean, uh, even during you know pandemic, major companies continue to. Uh, announce locations here and announce expansions here. Um, and so you know, all of that factored in with just the, the growth of our existing business to keep up, keep up with demand is is really attributing to that, that high number of job postings and job openings. We're visiting with Doug Lawyer. He is with the Knoxville Chamber of Commerce and Economic Development. Doug, what sectors are seeing the most growth? Well, we are seeing a, a lot of growth in the um, the IT industry, um, cybersecurity type companies, data analytics, software development is is a very um, hot sector for us right now. Um, another area that we're seeing tremendous growth in is is the logistics sector. You know, we're we're blessed. UT's got one of the best supply chain programs in the nation, and um, that we're seeing companies that, that want to be here to, to capture that talent and, and keep that talent here. So logistics services is, is a big thing for us right now. Um, and then we're also seeing anything related to electric vehicles, uh, EV, electric vehicle components, EV charging systems, battery systems, um, fast charging technologies, those types of projects are seeing. Um, we're seeing a lot of, of momentum in those sectors. Do you have an idea, Doug, of the penetration of electric vehicles in the Knoxville market, these ten- in, in the Knoxville and surrounding counties? Uh, boy, I, I sure don't. Um, I, I, I do know that it is it is growing, and I know there's there's tremendous initiatives, you know, with across the state of Tennessee, you know, to you know reduce that range anxiety as people have. Uh, you know, but that's, I think that's kind of been one of the pauses. You know, do I get an electric vehicle or not? Is that range anxiety? And so, the state of Tennessee and, and TVA and other partners are are deploying a network to have charging stations every 50 miles across the state of Tennessee. So, things like that that will help, and that that acceptance and utilization rate I think will continue to go up. Doug, you mentioned the 
the desire to retain more graduates uh, from our local colleges and universities, but in terms of attracting qualified talent to Knoxville, uh, what are we doing to, to attract uh, good job candidates to this area of the country? Can we do more? How can we do that? Yeah, that's a great question, Jim. And, and that, that's an initiative that the chamber has really started to roll up our sleeves on um, in our in our regional enhancement program. So we've we've deployed specific talent attraction campaigns in other markets uh, across the country, and, and we'll continue to do that. You know, for example, um, <clears throat> we did some some social media outreach up in the Chicagoland area um, that was focused really on information technology and software development type positions. We, we know there's a lot of that type of talent up there. We had a lot of job openings within that sector here. So uh, we put together some campaigns up there and um, just kind of starting to let folks know, hey, there's, there's a place called Knoxville. We've got a great quality of life. Uh, we've got jobs. A lot of the things you mentioned in the opening of the show, Jim, you know, a low tax environment, um, great outdoor scene, great entertainment, food scene, et cetera, uh, in hopes of, of getting some eyes of folks that, that maybe hadn't thought of, of uh, East Tennessee as, as a place to uh, relocate and, and start their career. You know, it's funny. I was, it reminded me I was down in South Carolina last weekend. My wife is from Columbia, South Carolina, and we had vacationed over in the Charleston area. <clears throat> and on the way back, we were we, we stayed in Columbia with her family for the night. And we were with her brother and a few of his his and his wife's friends. And we were just kind of all visiting and all. They were blown away when we started talking about the tax environment. They were like, you don't have a state income tax. And then they were like, <laughs> you don't have a vehicle, like a vehicle property tax. Uh, anyway, we started going through all these different things. And then they were like, well, how <clears> high is <throat> your sales tax? It's got to be like 15%. I'm like, no, I mean, it's no. a little high, but it's not anything like yeah. that. But yeah, right. so Knoxville, but that's right, getting the word out. Um, it's amazing to me when I, cha- when, I ch- when I travel to other parts of the country, Doug, how many people still don't realize what a gem this area, East Tennessee, I mean, I think Western North Carolina is so beautiful, but of course the tax environment mm-hmm. there is, is not the same. But uh, I guess getting, that's what I hear from you, getting the word out of all the things that, the, that Knoxville has to offer. Absolutely, absolutely, and, and and a key part of that is that that cost of living. You know, where we're, we tend to be, you know, fifteen to seventeen percent below the national average cost of living, and so whenever we do a, a campaign in another market, um, be it business attraction campaign or talent attraction, we always we always funnel to a cost of living calculator so people can plug in where they are now versus where you know what what it looks like in Knoxville and. Uh, nine times out of ten, we're going to come out on the on the uh, more affordable side of, of that equation, definitely. Sure. Well, we've got a lot more to talk about. I want to talk about the work from home movement. I want to talk about the inflation impact. I want to talk about the lack of housing, and, and which you've already brought up. I won't get into a lot of this stuff. So stay with us as we visit with Doug Lawyer with the Knoxville Chamber of Commerce. You're listening to More Living with Jim Brogan right here on News Talk 98.7 WOKI. Welcome back to News Talk 98.7's Brogan Financial Studios, where Jim Brogan is coming to you live with important news and advice to help you achieve your dream retirement. Get ready to learn and live. Here's your host, Jim Brogan. Welcome back to More Living here on News Talk 98.7 WOKI. 
I'm your host, Jim Brogan. You can catch us every Saturday, 9 to 10 a.m. and again, 3 to 4 p.m. You can catch all of our podcasts of all of our shows and our dollars and cents segments uh, and my retirement minutes, which run weekly on this station. You can get all that at broganfinancial.com and click on radio. Uh, We're visiting with Doug Lawyer. He is Vice President of Economic Development for the Knoxville Chamber of Commerce. He's been with the Chamber for 20 years. And let's talk about inflation, Doug. That's at the top of so many people's minds. How's it affecting economic growth uh, here in East Tennessee? What are we seeing with things like sales tax data? What are you seeing in terms of the economy here? Yeah, well, I, I can I can speak from from the lens of the, the business expansion, business attraction, kind of swim lane. So, um, inflation is is certainly starting to cause companies to I think slow down um, some some expansion plans. Uh, we were meeting with a company recently, out of state company that, you know, it was it was all systems go. Um, six, eight months ago, and they've, they've just kind of hit the brakes on that project. And um, inflation was in, in kind of the fear of what, you know, what's going to happen here in the next several months was was a, a reason for them to just pause that project and say, we're still very interested in Knoxville. We still like this, this, this community, the region, but we're just going to kind of wait and see, wait, wait this out a little bit. Um, you know, from a sales tax standpoint, I, I, I think things are still kind of trending along. People are still spending money in that way. Um, you know, construction materials, those we're starting to see some of those those prices drop. You know, steel's starting to, um, you know, the wait times of, for steel are, are shortening. Lumber prices um, across the board seem to be dropping. So it's, I, I wish I had the, I wish I had the, you know the crystal ball to say what's going to happen. Um, if I did, I'd, I'd probably be doing something else than than economic development. <laughs> so, yeah. well, it's it's interesting because just a few weeks ago we had on Mayor Glenn Jacobs, and he said at yeah. that time, sales tax revenue across the entire state had really not been impacted at all. Um, yeah. Of course, there's been speculation: is are people buying less things? But since they cost more, you know, it it, it kind of washes out. So revenue, it's kind of right. revenue neutral. Uh, but it's interesting because up until at least recently, people are still spending money, according to all the data. Discretionary spending has started to drop off. So the reason I just bring all that up is it's interesting that all of the ter- all of the worry that you hear in the marketplace, I mean, inflation is impacting people's day-to-day lives. In terms yes. of how it's affecting the economy and and particularly investments and things like that, it's just kind of interesting because it's based on what people think may happen. And you kind of brought that up with the business. It's kind of like, well, what may happen in the future? And that's, we've kind of been in that range for probably four or five, three or four months now. So that's just kind of interesting to me. Um, you know, you mentioned housing availability earlier, that that's an issue in Knoxville. And, you know, the, the you know, certainly inflation is tied to the housing and real estate market, because when it when interest rates go up, it essentially makes home values you would think would come down. People can't afford as much, but there's very little inventory of people to you know. You, you mentioned multifamily, but even home ownership. So talk. Can you expand just a little bit on the real estate market in East Tennessee and the impact on housing 
uh, on the ability to attract job can uh, or, or excuse me, employers to move <laughs> to the area. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think that the, the one word on the housing market in East Tennessee is it is tight. It is extremely tight right now. Um, and, you know, from if, if talking to some young professionals recently, um, trying to find an apartment um, in Knoxville, extremely challenging. Prices very high. Um, you know, home builders, you know, entry level homes used to be, you know, 249, um, you know, to, to get into a, a, a nice, you know, three bedroom, two and a half bath entry level home. That that entry level price point now is 499, five and a quarter in some cases. Uh, and that's just, it, it's, it's really tough. Interest rates, you know, um, you know, I, I was talking to a peer recently who, um, was talking to a mortgage broker and, and got locked in at over 5%, which, um, you know, a few months ago, what might have been three percent. It's just, um, it, it's, it's scary times. And the, I think we've, we have not, we've underbuilt in this market from a housing standpoint for quite some time. And now it's, it's going to take a while to catch up, um, particularly with the demand that we have. And so that's a, that's a big thing. I think um, as a community, we need to really embrace the, the notion that. You know, growth in a community is good. You want to live in a community and work in a community that is desirable, and we certainly have that. But um, having that desirability means we've we've got to continue to de develop more housing opportunities. Um, redevelopment of, of sites is is another angle, as well for particularly for businesses to locate on um, where the infrastructure is already in place. But you know, and like I said, the the variety. It's, it's going to be critical to have a variety of housing um, um, in all parts of the community. So it's something that uh, we all need to be thinking about. There's a massive um, planning um, uh, project called Advanced Knox uh, that is really kind of looking at the long-term planning of Knox County. Um, that, that's a big project that is going on that, that people should tune into and, and pay attention to because that's going to drive growth in our community for the next 20 to 30 years. Well, and speaking of housing, you know, the Smith & Wesson headquarters was looking at both Knox and Blunt County locations. And, I, you know, Mayor Jacobs a few weeks ago had mentioned that Blunt County won, you know, captured that. And, and one of the biggest reasons was access to housing. So it is very important. How, but, but between counties here in the Knoxville metropolitan area, Doug, how competitive is it between the local counties? I mean, the counties seem to be awfully friendly. How competitive does it actually get with trying to attract companies? Well, that, that's a great question, and, I'm, and I'm, I'm glad you brought up the Smith & Wesson project because that was, that was a great example of, of a regional partnership. So the Knoxville Chamber, we teamed up lockstep with the blunt partnership on the recruitment of that company um and it, it, everything we did um it was it was team presentations knox and blunt in the room it was we had a site in knox county that they looked at blunt county had a site you know we had our own individual conversations when it got down to the discussion of you know what what types of things can we do from an incentive standpoint um but that was very much a a team approach and so you know other examples of that are you know the recruitment of Cirrus aircraft um out to the airport was a was a definite regional um team approach um the Van Hool manufacturing facility up in Jefferson County 
Knoxville Chamber. We partnered up with with Jeff County on that project. So there there is a a, a true Very sense of partnership. Effort. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think that's fantastic. Um, let's talk a little bit about the the, the work from home movement. Uh, you know. It, it really has changed the landscape somewhat. It's it's kind of interesting. I mean, I'm an employer in Knoxville, and of course we're a member of the Knoxville Chamber at Broken Financial, and we're trying to grow and hire, and we are running into more candidates that really want to either work entirely from home or they want like a hybrid role where they're in the office and then they're also virtual. Can you yeah. talk a little bit about how work from home is impacting the economy around Knoxville and the, and the surrounding areas. Well, I think, I think they're after the pandemic, you know, well, beginning of pandemic, obviously everyone jumped into work from home and, and we realized pretty quickly. And, and I know I'm speaking from chamber experience, you know, we never stopped operating and we were 100% remote for several, several months uh, in the peak of the pandemic. So I think people realized I, I, I can work from home and still be just as productive. Um, I, I think right now, Jim, that the the trend that we're hearing more about is that the, that hybrid model. Like, you know, we let's be in the office a couple three days a week, work from home remote. Um, we're seeing more of that that type of um, that type of activity. Um, and I, I think the 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 work from home movement drove a lot of um, folks from other parts of the country. Um, to find this place, Knoxville, and, and maybe still work for an employer somewhere else. So and that data is really hard to, to track and figure out exactly where those folks are coming from and, and, and where they landed and who they're working for. But it's, it's a trend. I don't think it's, it's going to go away anytime soon, but we're still seeing um, projects that want people in a building working together collaborating, bumping into each other, you know, that, that exchange of ideas and information, it's hard to duplicate the in-person work environment. I completely agree. I mean, as a business owner, the, the workplace environment, the camaraderie, the culture, you know, full-time yeah. work from home to me is a difficult thing for a business owner. Uh, to get my arms around that doesn't mean we would never do that and and as you said we we, we went fully virtually uh, with the outbreak of the pandemic we had the systems in place to be able to do that we've got to be able to do that in our industry as a financial advisory firm and an investment advisory firm um, and, and then we have you know the flexibility of allowing people to do hybrid things especially during all of that transition and I think I agree with you. The hybrid role seems more appealing. Uh, but you're right. It has really attracted, you know, so many businesses now around the country allow full-time hybrid roles, or, or excuse me, full-time virtual roles, and then people can move anywhere right. they want. And I guess that's what's really created such a tight housing market here in East Tennessee is, we, is even with the increase in interest rates, which you would expect to soften the housing market, uh, it's been counterbalanced by the lack of supply and the increasing demand, and a lot of that is driven from people moving into town, right? I think so. I think you're spot on. Tell you what, we're going to get to our bottom of the hour break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about additional things Knoxville is doing to attract businesses to the area and trends that we are seeing. We'll also have our dollars and cents segment 
what do you need to be doing if you have a vision for early retirement? What do you need to be thinking about now? I'll give you a checklist of of a few items that you probably want to start thinking about now if you're getting pretty close to retirement, especially in early retirement. So stay with us. This is More Living with Jim Brogan right here on News Talk 98.7 WOKI. Welcome back to News Talk 98.7's Brogan Financial Studios, where Jim Brogan is coming to you live with important news and advice to help you achieve your dream retirement. Get ready to learn and live. Here's your host, Jim Brogan. Welcome back to More Living with Jim Brogan, where it's all about living the best years of your life your way. This is News Talk 98.7 WOKI. We're visiting this morning with Doug Lawyer. He's Vice President of Economic Development for the Knoxville Chamber of Commerce. And we're talking about all the great things going on with growth and development in Knoxville. Uh, Before we get back to Doug, however, it is time for Dollars and Cents. Want to be sure you are getting the most out of your retirement? For all the years of your retirement? That's the primary goal of More Living with Jim Brogan and our Dollars and Cents segment, where we provide you with an important financial tip that will help positively impact the quality of your life in retirement. And now, here's Jim with this week's Dollars and Cents tip. What should you be doing now if you're planning on retiring early? or if you're just planning on retiring in the next few years, but especially if you're retiring early. We want to have the type of flexibility to be financially independent, which means we can, if we, even if we, we may want to continue to work some, but we work on our schedule when we choose to work. So I've got a few tips here on some pre-retirement planning that you may not have thought of. Um, and the number one thing I want to cover here is your vision for early retirement. You know, many people prior to retirement don't really measure their emotional readiness to retire. Because when you retire, you're losing a lot of routine. You may love fishing, you may love golfing, and all of those things are great activities part-time. But what happens when you need to replace 40 to 50 hours a week? And that routine is important in our lives. Now, you know, a lot of the people we work with at Brogan Financial seem to be Most seem to be really thriving with that transition. Uh, But sometimes people don't thrive with that. You know, my dad was one of those. He was so identified by his job when he retired, he really went downhill because he just didn't have that. He he needed routine, and he didn't establish the routine. And I was much younger when that happened. I wasn't at the place I am now. I wasn't even in the business that I am now. I was doing employee benefits. And so... It's so important to create structure and routine in those early days of retirement. So just measure your emotional readiness and how are you going to structure routine. Number two, what about your health insurance? A lot of people don't think about that if they're planning on retiring before age 65. Now, COBRA, if you work for a decent-sized employer, will cover you for 18 months where you just stay on the company's plan and then except you have to pay the whole premium. Uh, but then after 18 months, that can go, that would go away under most circumstances. So how are you going to handle that transition for health insurance? Three would be to talk, to, to look at your retirement, early retirement housing. How are you paying for your housing? Uh, 
Do you need to do things like, do you want to downsize your home? Do you need to make more home repairs so you can age in place? Much like what Don Steimer, who does Around the House on this station right before my show from 7 to 9 on Saturday mornings. Uh, she's really a specialist in age in place. And then how do you finance it? Uh, I'm a big, big, big proponent of if you can have your home paid for when you retire. You know, I get asked all the time, Jim, should I pay my house off early? And that's not always an, a real cut and dried answer while you're working. I will say it's great to have a goal to have that home paid for by the time that you retire because of the impact on income and cash flow needs. It is remarkable, the impact there. Um, do you plan to keep on earning income? You know, early retirement is not about stopping to work. It's, it's about gaining control of your time. And working even part-time, if you work as a consultant or something like that, uh, or just work part-time in something that keeps you busy. Having some part-time income can really help financially in a tremendous way in those first two or three or four years of retirement. It can make a tremendous impact on your long-term financial security with people living longer and longer lives, paying for things when you're in your 80s and even into your 90s. Because most married couples are going to, one of you is going to live into your 90s. So having a little bit of extra income in those first few years can really make a market difference, but it can also help you with that routine I discussed. And then finally, your social security strategy is so critically important. How are you going to fund, fund income? Uh, it's a great idea if you can, especially for the higher earning spouse, to delay social security because you get that 8% per year increase from full retirement age to age 70. Where else can you get a guaranteed 8% increase every year? The problem is, can you afford to delay Social Security? Some people can't. If you gut your savings because you need income and you're delaying your Social Security and you get to 70 and you have very little savings and investments, well, that's not healthy either. And one of the big risks to retirement security is depleting your savings too much in those first five to ten years and if you delay Social Security that could really be a problem so it's all about can you afford to, to, to go on Social Security by delaying it how are you going to fund income in the interim is your short-term income going to be funded with things that are not in the stock market that's critically important in your income plan so stock market volatility doesn't drive your ability to retire on your terms and generate the income you need. The last thing you want to be doing is selling off investments to generate income when we're in a bear market like we are right now. You need to have other more stable holdings so that you've got time for your risk investments to go through the inevitable ups and downs. So there's a lot to go into pre-retirement planning, especially if you're looking at retiring, excuse me, especially if you're looking at retiring early. That's our Dollars and Cents segment for this week. You can find this week's Dollars and Cents segment and others by visiting BroganFinancial.com. Do please check us out at BroganFinancial.com. I've got upcoming classes through the University of Tennessee and Pellissippi State. Uh, they start back, I start back on August the 30th. We're getting pretty close. I'm doing a one-night class 
on income planning for retirement, which addresses many of the things I just discussed in the dollars and cents segment. And that is on August the 30th. It's on a Tuesday evening from 6.30 to 8.30 p.m. where we just hit income planning, just that one area of retirement planning. I think it's probably the most overlooked area of financial planning for retirement. Uh, you can go to my, to, uh, my website at broganfinancial.com and click on classes, and you can, you can click a link there to pull up the, the syllabus and click to register directly with Pellissippi State. That's at Hardin Valley. The course fee, I believe that's uh, $39. And then in September, I'll be doing my two-part class again at the University of Tennessee through their adult education. That's on September 20th and 27th. Financial Survival for Retirement, more of a comprehensive retirement class, two two-hour sessions. That one you can go to financialsurvivalforretirement.com. Uh, that class in August, being a one-night class, we expect that to fill up uh, and, and be capped. So, um, you know, if you think you want to do that, go ahead and you can do it right now. Uh, Pellissippi is taking reservations. Again, it's called Income Planning for Retirement. You can go to broganfinancial.com and click on Classes. Today we're discussing business and economic development in Knoxville and really East Tennessee. We're visiting with Doug Lawyer. He's Vice President of the Knoxville Chamber of Commerce. And Doug, you just talked some about the cooperative effort between the counties when it comes to attracting businesses and growth. Now you talked about, Doug, the importance of growth I do want to ask you, the, the Knoxville metropolitan area, the statistical metropolitan area, which is Knox County and I think all the surrounding counties, we're over 900,000 now in population. Right. So some, many uh, East Tennesseans are, you know, concerned that if we hit a million or when we hit a million, you know, that's a key part, that's a key thing because, a, a, a metric, because a lot of people, when they're looking at where they want to move, they'll search for locations that have SMAs, statistical metropolitan areas, that are a million plus. And that oftentimes that leads to booming growth. And many East, Tennessees are, East Tennesseans are concerned about that because we want to maintain the feel of Knoxville. What would you say to people that are concerned about the growth? Yeah, I, I think, you know, certainly, like I said earlier, you want to live in a community that is desirable and, and growing and has, has the amenities. You want a community that uh, you want your children to be able to stay in and your grandchildren to stay in and, and find employment and, you know, all, all of those things come along with growth. I think the the secret is doing it in a in a very um, controlled, thought out manner. And you know, there's there are communities all over the country that have experienced just tremendous growth. I mean, the closest example is Nashville, and you know, I'm I'm thrilled that that Nashville is in the state of Tennessee and part of part of Team Tennessee. Um, but th they're in another kind of orbit than Knoxville is right now. Um, and you also want to be in a community where, where wages are growing, um, and we're, we're a little bit behind the curve on that. And so that as we, as we think about the types of companies we want to attract here, um, we're in a position now that we can, we can be a little bit more 
selective in the types of companies that we're going after, uh, and then certainly working with our existing businesses that that are bringing high wage opportunities to the table to support their growth as well. Um, it's, you start with your existing businesses and, and grow those, uh, and then the, the the new attractions will will come to town in, in due time. Yeah, I mean, we obviously want dynamic uh, development and, and in, increases in wages, allow people to continue to grow in their career so they don't go elsewhere. Uh, right. But there is that, you know, then you got to provide the infrastructure. Of course, I know that starts to get a little bit out of your area, more into the the the, 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 the city planning and the, and the mayor's office and all those things. Tell you what, we're going to get to our last break. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit more of about how the what is the Knoxville Chamber doing, just a few other things in terms of incentives it's doing to attract businesses here and, and, and some of their new initiatives. So stay with us. We're visiting with Doug Lawyer with the Knoxville Chamber of Commerce right here at News Talk 98.7 WOKI. Welcome back to News Talk 98.7's Brogan Financial Studios, where Jim Brogan is coming to you live with important news and advice to help you achieve your dream retirement. Get ready to learn and live. Here's your host, Jim Brogan. Welcome back. This is For Living here on News Talk 98.7 WOKI. I'm Jim Brogan. Do check us out online at broganfinancial.com. We have an abundance of resources so that you can make informed decisions that can impact the quality of your life. We're visiting with Doug Lawyer. He's vice president of the Knoxville Chamber of Commerce. Uh, Doug, can you talk, we mentioned Smith & Wesson. Talk about a little bit, uh, some other companies that are either moving to Knoxville, to the Knoxville area or expanding. Yeah, so thanks, Jim. We've, we've had um, so, some great announcements in the past uh, several months. Um, companies like CGI is, is uh, locating in downtown Knoxville. They're going to create 300 jobs. They've already hired probably 125, 150 folks. So that's software development, IT, cybersecurity type positions. Um, Kelvion is, is a manufacturer out in East Knox County, out in Forks of the River, um, producing heat exchangers. They're hiring about 75 folks. Um, ATC drivetrain um, is is just opened a location out off of John Severe Highway, 218 jobs refurbishing um, transmissions uh, for companies like Nissan. Um, and so, and then there's, we've got a few announcements um, that, that will be coming out hopefully in the next 30 to 60 days as well. So we've got another 235 jobs of projects that we're working, um, various industries from engineering to uh, electric vehicle components to um, automotive components. So uh, it's exciting times right now. Yeah, that is exciting to hear about. Are, are, what types of attractive incentives are we able to offer U.S. and international businesses if they, if they relocate their headquarters here? Yeah, so the, the kind of the traditional things. So the state of Tennessee has got a, a, a series of offerings from tax credits to uh, training dollars to infrastructure grants. Our, our partners at the Tennessee Valley Authority um, have the ability to offer uh, power credits and discounts on your power bill if you're a, a large power user. Um, some of the things locally that, that we're able to do um, are, are along the lines of what we call a pilot, a payment in lieu of tax, which is where 
We'll, we'll look at the number of jobs being created, the quality of jobs that pay those jobs, the capital investment, and determine a, a length of term that, that we would be willing to freeze local, real, and personal property taxes as an incentive. Um, but more recently, we're trying to get a little bit more creative locally. So we've we've um, come to the table on a couple of projects and offered local training um, grants to support high wage uh, occupations to you know go out and, and get the training needed to skill up a, 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 a an employee or a series of employees. Uh, and then another thing we're looking at is is high tech, high wage startup businesses, you know, what what can we do at the local level to support those types of companies and, and really, you know, find those small companies that may be coming into the Knoxville region. Maybe they license some technology from the university or the national lab. We want to grab that technology, grab those people, grow that business here. Um, but a lot of times those companies are, are seeking capital. And so, uh, we're trying to figure out some creative ways to fill those gaps and, um, and, and bring resources to the table to help 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 those companies uh, hook them in Knoxville and, and, and grow um, uh, exponentially here. Doug, unfortunately, we just got a couple minutes left, but I do want to mention that the chamber has some new efforts, including specific geography, business attraction, and business expansion roundtables. Could you just give us a brief overview of these efforts? Yeah, absolutely. So um, within the past several months, we've we've done some business attraction campaigns in, in Chicago, as I mentioned. Uh, we've done some in Southern California. We've done some up in Stamford, Connecticut, down in Miami. Uh, we're looking at, at other areas for in our new in our new fiscal year as well to continue to kind of get that message of uh, we've got a lot of technology. We've got a great quality of place here. Um, we'd love to love to talk about relocating or expanding businesses in our market, um, and then roundtables. So we've we've partnered with with Mayor Jacobs. We're getting ready to do some with Mayor Kim Cannon as well to bring businesses together from various areas of the community just to have some open dialogue on what it's like. What are the challenges and opportunities to operate a business in in the city of Knoxville or Knox County? So. Um, a lot of activity going on. I'd encourage folks if they want to learn more about what's going on at the chamber, KnoxvilleChamber.com is a great resource and would, would welcome any any of your listeners to, to click over there and, and see what we're up to. We'd be happy to help out. Yeah, and for local business owners, Doug, uh, tell us, you, you know, why should a local business be a member of the chamber? Well, we, we've actually we've actually kind of changed things up. So we we don't go out seeking members anymore. We we go out and and we talk about our strategic plan, which is the path to prosperity, which you can look on our website and kind of read through that. But and then if 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 you if you think that is of interest, then we would ask for your investment in what we're doing. So we we now have investors. We we no longer call. Uh, call your company a member, but you're an investor in our strategies and help to fuel the the team at the chamber to do all things from from economic development to talent attraction to entrepreneurial development to infrastructure and so on and so forth. So, um, so KnoxvilleChamber.com, Doug. Thank you so much. We just that just hour just flew by, but thanks for taking time out of your busy schedule to be with us. Jim, I always appreciate the opportunity and enjoy chatting with you, and, and thanks for what you're doing um, in our community as well. 
Thank you, Doug. That's Doug Lawyer. He's the vice, exec, he's vice president at the Knoxville Chamber of Commerce, knoxvillechamber.com. Uh, thank you for tuning in this week. We've discussed community because a greater community provides for more living so you can live the best years of your life your way. Thank you to Jill for producing the show, for, to Riley for engineering the board. Next week, we will talk about Appalachia Unsolved with WBIR's John North and Leslie Ackerson. Thank you for tuning in this week. This is More Living with Jim Brogan, only on the News and Talk of East Tennessee, News Talk 98.7 WOKI. The views expressed by Jim Brogan and his guests are not that of Cumulus Media. Any discussion of financial, legal, and tax planning strategies is not intended to be individualized advice and is general in nature. Always consult with your advisor for advice specific to your needs. This program's content does not represent a recommendation of any particular security, strategy, or investment by Jim Brogan or Brogan Financial Incorporated.